37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 271. My name is Sean, and my head is too big for this trucker hat. And with me, as always, is Presto. Presto, buddy, how are you? You have a normal-sized head. Yep. What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocacoons and crocodingos, and you non-big melon-head trucking-wearing hat motherfuckers? My name's <laughs> Preston, and I'm ready <laughs> Tear it up! There you go. Hell yeah, man. And uh, we hope you guys are all sports fans, because oddly enough, a big chunk of this episode is going to have to do with football, but hang in there, bear with us. Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me... There we go. Switch hats. Ah, wardrobe change. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta represent the boys. Very nice. Yeah, look at you. I'm representing um, I Break for Cryptids and, of course, uh, The Undertaker. Shayla got me this really cool Undertaker shirt. So, mm. <sighs> how you been, man? Doing okay? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's my not birthday today, so I am nine and three-fourths. Yeah. Yeah. So, happy <laughs> not fucking birthday to me. Yeah. You're one of those freaky-ass leap year babies. I know. The wife did me a solid this year. Uh-huh. And I'm a lucky man because she's the best gift giver. I suck in comparison because I'm just like, I don't know, do you want dinner? Uh, you know, what'd you want for your birthday? Like, here you go. Here's it like two months early. Uh, happy birthday. I'm not buying you shit on the actual date now. But she got me a uh, on a um, neon sign that says on air and it's in the color of our podcast. So it's orange and white. And the microphone oh, cool, man. is in the shape of our original logo minus the skull. And so that way oh, that's sweet. I can uh, post it outside of the studio here and click on air and everybody knows not to open the fucking door. Uh, because sometimes <laughs> goddamn kids want to come down here and be like, what are you doing, Dad? Um, the door's shut yeah. for a reason. The door's shut for a reason, <laughs> you little shits. Hey, it's shut, but you didn't hang a tie on the backside, so they know it's safe to come in. Oh, is that what it is? Oh. Daddy's doing his taxes. Don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, we just started working out again for the first time in a long time tonight. And, of course, the night we went was like the really, really high-intensity uh, workout, so I almost died halfway through it. I thought I was going to throw up. But other than that, I'm doing just fine. Hell yeah. Well, on this episode, we will eventually get around to the superstitions part of it, but um, the news segment might run a little long, but that's okay because there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on right now. First up in the news, Santa Cruz, California residents have been instructed not to engage with a man dressed as Cookie Monster who police say has been yelling obscenities and taunting local tourists all along the coastal city's boardwalk. Santa Cruz police say that Sesame Street wannabe is now harassing parents to pay him to pose for photos with their children. Presto, if you haven't, would you throw up that first photo for me? Gotcha, dog. We're getting calls from people who say he's creepy, says the spokeswoman Joyce Blanche. 
Based on his history, we advise the public not to engage with this individual. In fact, steer clear. I definitely wouldn't advise taking photos with him, says Blanche. Santa Cruz police confirmed the suspect's name is Adam Sandler, 59 years old, with no relation to the uncut Jims and Billy Madison star. Police also noted that Sandler has not committed any major crimes as of last Tuesday. Now, what's odd here is they have yet to find out, but apparently somebody of a very similar build and name was also arrested in New York City a decade ago, as people called him the Evil Elmo. So the same M.O., somebody was dressed in a giant adult-sized Elmo costume running up and down New York City streets. Back in 2013, a guy named Dan Sandler, who also went by the name Adam, was arrested because he was dressed up in an Elmo suit yelling anti-Semitic slang while asking people how to get to Sesame Street. He got slapped with a fine and one year in jail after threatening to extort the Girl Scouts by spreading a rumor that the group ran a rape camp in Cambodia. He said, I accept the fact that I committed a crime, but I'm not in any way sorry to the Girl Scouts organization. <laughs> wow. I'm a grown-ass man and I dress up as Elmo and the Cookie Monster, but Girl Scouts are all rapists. <laughs> but I commit no crimes! Yeah, I'm going to say you committed a lot of crimes there. The Post reported that this guy also was arrested once before in Santa Cruz while dressed as an Elmo and grabbing a kid off the street while panhandling in his fuzzy costume. Holy shit, what is wrong with people? Mm. Well, our next news story comes from CNN and also my darling wife, who tagged me in this right before the show started. A pre-Hispanic mummy, estimated to be between 600 and 800 years old, was discovered in a food delivery cooler bag by Peruvian police over the weekend. Preston, pop up that second photo if you would, buddy. Police told CNN that the mummified remains were found with three men who were drinking in a deserted park in the Peruvian city of Puno last Saturday afternoon. A 26-year-old man had a delivery bag labeled Pedidos Ya, and inside, the police found the remains of a mummy. The 26-year-old man identified by the news agency Agency France Pressa his name was Julio Cesar Bermijo, and he said the remains are called Juanita. While speaking to local media, he described them as being like his spiritual girlfriend. That's called necrophilia. Man, I bet she's a little Ew. dried out. I don't think there's enough Vaseline in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, who was that doctor who took his girlfriend's remains and mummified them and... Put like a paper towel roll inside of her. No, he made he made like a wax paraffin pussy, and then like basically. She, oh right, right. Yeah, she caught on fire. Um, we covered it on the show. I don't remember his name, but I'm no. It's been years back, but yeah, yeah, yeah that was a wild one for sure. Just go get a flashlight, guys. <laughs> Julio went on to say, "At home, she's in my bedroom and sleeps with me. I take care of her." That's really sad. That might be some mental illness there. The Peruvian news agency Andina reported Monday the mummy is in fact believed to be an adult male and presumed to be from the eastern area of Puno. It's currently in the custody of the Ministry of Culture, which has classified the mummy as a national cultural asset. The government has also reported that Cesar Bermijo will remain in, in detention while investigators look further into the case. 
Previously, several mummies have been found in Peru, which is the home to hundreds of archaeological sites of several civilizations that are developed way before and after the Inca Empire. Just back in 2021, a mummy estimated to be between 800 and 1,200 years old was unearthed by archaeologists in a dig site in the city of Lima, which is Peru's capital. Well, you know us here at Pixelated Paranormal, we love us some mummies. Well, speaking of other unsavory discoveries, this comes from our local KWCH.com. In Brownsville, Tennessee, more than half a dozen severed cow heads were found illegally thrown in a dumpster over the weekend, according to local authorities. The Haywood County Sheriff's Office said they received a call around 1 p.m. back on Saturday because of a large number of cow heads that had been seen in a solid waste dumpster. A nearby resident told deputies that he heard a dumping noise around 2 a.m. The Sheriff's Office said that eight severed cow heads were found with tags in their ears and tongues cut out. Deputies further explained the heads appeared to have been severed with a chainsaw. The sheriff's office is asking the public for more information regarding the illegal dumping of animal parts in a public dumpster. Holy shit. I found three severed cow skull caps when I delivered pizzas once to a little weird place outside of El Dorado called Sharpsville. Hmm. We got called to deliver some pizza out in this weird old house that kind of looked like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And on the front porch, there was like a real old timey bandsaw to where like you'd stand and like pump your foot on a pedal and that would cause the blade to spin. Well, anyway, it was covered in what looked like human or animal hair and dried blood. And as I was leaving the house, I discovered the <laughs> upside down three skull caps with brains included laying in their into their driveway that looks like they just lobbed off the top of three cow skulls or three really big human beings but it terrified the shit out of me and i refuse to ever go back and deliver pizza there ever a freaking again hmm. but anyway how about a story with a little more upbeat ending a eh, preston lay it on me baby our next story is brought to you by heinz ketchup a sailor who spent weeks lost at sea back in January, who survived largely off of ketchup, could now have a state-of-the-art boat coming to him by none other than Heinz. The handsome gift would be thanks to ketchup giant Heinz, who's trying to locate Elvis Francois. The company posted a call-out to social media back on February 14th, hoping to track down the elusive Dominica sailor. According to Heinz's social media, they've already reached out to the government of Dominica, the island nation where Francois was from, as well as Colombian Navy, uh, the Colombian Navy, which rescued him northwest of Colombia's Puerto Bolivar. So far, none of the attempts to find Francois have panned out. So the ketchup retailer was now asking for the general public to try and help with the hunt. We're also asking for any credible leads to contact Elvis so we can find him and help cover the cost of a new boat, which will be fully equipped with navigational technology to avoid another disaster in the future. So the whole story behind this is that Francois, a 47-year-old man, was repairing his boat near the Dutch part of the island of St. Martin back in December when his boat was suddenly pulled out to sea. 
he told Colombian authorities that he lacked the navigational knowledge yet to return to the shore and spent 24 days out on the sea. He managed to survive off a bottle of ketchup, garlic powder, and bouillon cubes, which he mixed with water. He was rescued after a plane spotted the sailboat floating in the middle of the sea with the word help engraved on the hull, according to the Colombian authorities. Holy shit, dude. It's like a real life... Um, uh, why'd I blank on the name of the movie? Tom Hanks. Castaway. That's the one. Well said! <laughs> Instead of a beach ball, it's a bottle of ketchup. Well, presto, buddy and listeners, I have an update. This comes as of today, February 28th. Heinz's search for the man who survived nearly a month at sea by eating nothing but ketchup and seasonings is finally over. The ketchup maker announced that Monday it had located Elvis Francois in his native Dominica after sharing the mission to buy him a new boat on social media with the hashtag FindTheKetchupBoatGuy. They said we received thousands of likes, shares, and messages of kindness in our search for Elvis Francois. It was an incredible group effort across six continents that led to the hundreds of articles and leads and our eventual contact with Elvis. Hines thanked local reporters at the Dominican news outlet Emo News for finally contacting it with Francois. The company said it's working out the logistical details of gifting him his brand new boat. That's fucking rad. The company said its Instagram post reached 4.8 million people and garnered more than 4,000 likes, a record for any post the brand had ever made. Anyone who shared, liked, and commented on the brand's post helped broaden the search and the reach that played an important part in finding Elvis. So this dude's getting a fucking new boat, and that, to me, folks, is fan-freaking-tastic. How long do you think you could eat ketchup? Not very long. I actually... <laughs> I, ketchup is not my cup of tea, so... Oh, no! Yeah. What's your preferred condiment then? Let's just let's just dive deeper here. Condiment talk with Sean and Preston. Um, you know what? I actually prefer uh, for like uh, fries. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there's a there's a lot of uh, like fry Five Guys fry sauce or Freddy's fry sauce, which is like ketchup and mm -hmm. mayonnaise mm -hmm. and some other good shit all mixed into one. So if I'm eating fries, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dude, fuck yeah, ketchup all day long. Chips and salsa, you can't go wrong with salsa. And I like a good beer mustard. <laughs> um, beer mustard on pretzels. and oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So, but I don't like ketchup on my hot dogs, and I don't like ketchup on my hamburgers. I prefer just cheese and Miracle Whip on my hamburgers, and I prefer uh, beer mustard on my hot dogs and brats and sausages and everything else. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I dig some campfire sauce from Red Robins, of course, but yeah, ketchup's not my favorite thing. Uh, my brother-in-law turned me on to some curry ketchup, which is fucking awesome. I'm a barbecue sauce guy, though. Oh, yeah. You get me a good hamburger and just slather that puppy in some barbecue sauce, bacon, maybe some onion straws, and I'm, I'm there, buddy. I'm there. So if I happen to get lost at sea on my boat, I'm going to hope I have a cooler full of sweet baby rays. Yeah. Dude, beer mustard, I'd be just be like... Eh, come on. <laughs> protein. Eh. Yeah, I don't. Is there is there protein in beer mustard? I don't know that there is. Um, I mean, there's got to be, right? 
No. <laughs> I don't I mean, know many condiments that have a lot of protein in them. I mean, fucking beer's got protein in it, so... I mean, a moniker, yeah, a monicum amount, maybe. Okay, so I'll give that one to you. Maybe, maybe there's protein in your beer mustard. Well, anyway, let's need, get back. I just need some beer mustard and some saltine crackers, dude, and I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> what a weird dad snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Presto, you know as well as I do that when we set out to write a show, um, we get a hold of a good topic, and we say, look, this will be the topic. This is going to be what we're going to talk about. And I'm normally like, hey, let's find some news real quick. Yeah. Well, I found a really interesting news story, and so I jumped on the old Google machine and hit search, and, well, sometimes, let's be honest, most of the time, it propels us down the weirdest of unexpected rabbit holes, right? You've been that, I've been that way plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Well, buddy, that's just what happened when I was looking for news stories on tonight's episode. So we've already, you know, shared four news stories. The fifth news story is going to take us down a bit of a rabbit hole. So on our last episode, we talked about the UAP UFO news of late and how they could all be summed up as nothing more than a simple diversion to grab our attention from more important things going on in the world. And as many people are leaning that way, one specific person seems to have a unique opinion on the matter, and that's none other than the Green Bay Packers' very own Aaron Rodgers. Now, before we go any farther, I don't know my asshole from my elbow when it comes to football. Preston, that's a little bit more your department. So we're not going to slag on any football teams. We're not even going to really talk too much football for people like me who could really give a lick. Fuck that. Fuck the Green Bay Packers. They stole a Super Bowl win from my boys, the Chiefs, back in the day. Fucking cheeseheads. <laughs> I bet by the end of this episode, I'm going to have you thinking that Aaron Rodgers could be our very own pro-bro best paranormal pal, Okay. The four-time NFL MVP quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, you know, the guy, the guy who led the Super Bowl victory back in 2010, Preston, the same Super Bowl that I think my uncle still owes me a six-pack of soda for. Oh, damn. He also won back-to-back MVP awards in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, that same guy believes the recent news surrounding UFOs is meant to serve as a distraction from the public to distract us from things like chemical train derailments in Ohio, earthquakes in Turkey. But the Green Bay Packers quarterback, who defines himself as a free thinker, offered up another really interesting theory while making an appearance on the Pat McAfee show this week. He says he thinks that these UAPs and UFOs hitting headlines could be a distraction from the new release of the infamous Jeffrey Epstein client list that is supposedly about to drop any minute now. Well, as it turns out, when I originally pulled this article, as it was supposed to just be another quick news story, I was going to drop in this episode, I had no idea that old Aaron Rodgers is no stranger to the paranormal and conspiracy theories. And apparently... He's not that afraid to voice his opinions on UFOs and other paranormal topics. And what's interesting here, Presto, is it turns out Aaron Rodgers has had his own personal experience with UFOs several years back. It was back in 2005 when Rodgers, then a top prospect two months away from being drafted by the Packers, had traveled to New York City to tape a segment of the now-defunct ESPN program Cold Pizza, along with some other friends. You remember that show? I don't. 
After the taping, Roger and his buddies hoofed it off to Jersey for an overnight stay at the childhood home of former Cal teammate Steve Levy. Well, after a big old Italian dinner, Rogers and his friends were startled by the sound of sirens off in the distance. So they did what anybody else would do. They went out and had themselves a look. Yeah, man. There was a large orange left to right moving object. Thought it was some pigskin or something. I was about to say, huh, huh, huh. Anyways, because of the overcast nature of the night and the snow, you couldn't make out <laughs> shit. It was behind the clouds and we were that we were seeing, but it was definitely large. Probably about as big as my head, maybe a little bit bigger. Anyways, it was moving from left <laughs> to right. It was me, Steve, and his brother that saw it. And it goes out of sight and we look at each other. What in the fuck was that? So later that same night, Rogers and his friends heard the sound of fighter jets flying over the house they were staying in. Now, man, if you know anything about UFOs, you probably know more than uh, about UFOs than I know about football. But anyways, UFO sightings, or you've done your research, you know that a lot of times two things are connected to UFO sightings. You hear me? One is the presence of fighter jets. And two, there's a lot of sightings around nuclear power plants. So tie that all together, man. The alarm we heard was from 30 miles out. That was a nuclear power plant, and the alarm <laughs> just went fucking off. What's great here is Aaron Rodgers went from being like a Nebraska country boy yeah. to uh, dazed and confused. <laughs> yeah, man. 342. Huh? Shit. Grab my balls, man. <laughs> Well, as I was doing a little light Googling search on Aaron Rodgers and the paranormal, oddly enough, I found out that Rodgers' UFO story isn't his only paranormal encounter. He's also recently had a series of run-ins with the infamous Hat Man of Shadow People Infamy. Now, in case you're not up to, you know, snuff on your old uh, Hat Man research, let's have a quick recap on the Hat Man and his relationship to sleep paralysis. In Shelley Adler's book, Sleep Paralysis, Nightmares, Nocebos, and the Mind-Body Connection, Adler, who is a medical anthropologist at the University of California in San Francisco, wrote about her studies on the Hat Man and other similar shadowy entities and found a series of incidents from back in the 1970s and 1980s where about a hundred seemingly healthy people died suddenly in their sleep and doctors began referring to this as Sudden Unexpected Nocturnal Death Syndrome, also known as SUNDS, S-U-N-D-S. Other cultures call this nighttime death syndrome because the victim often previously explained about severe nightmares where an evil spirit sat on their chest and attempted to suffocate them. Well, Adler and other researchers have linked this sensation to sleep paralysis and found that many sufferers wake up before the nightmare is over, supporting their belief that this entity might very well be real. The researchers found that many sleep paralysis sufferers also experience hypnagogic hallucination, insects, and shadowy human-like figures causing extreme fear and anxiety. A shadowy head can also be seen, but easily mistaken for a hat-wearing entity by a person in the state of terror and sleeplessness associated with sleep paralysis. Now, that was wordy. I'm going to say this. Number one, if you're having sleep paralysis, it's kind of silly to say that a hat 
covered head can be mistaken for a floating head when you're having sleep paralysis. Either one are fucking terrifying. There's reports of a similar hat-wearing individual that looks like the guy off of Quaker Oats. And a lot of people that uh, if you live in like apartment buildings or you live in a small tight-knit community mm -hmm. and you have areas of people who are experiencing nightmares and uh, night terrors at the same mm -hmm. time, that people when they wake up will actually see the Quaker Oats man or somebody that looks like the Quaker Oats man um, hovering around the house or in the house or around the bed. Um, and they believe that that is a um, nocturnal spirit of sorts, like a, a dream demon, and that's the form that he takes, like a fucking Quaker Puritan, and uh, that he's siphoning off negative energy um, and causing large groups of people to have bad dreams and nightmares at once. I mean, and there was also, I think it was in Thailand. I don't remember. I'm kind of going off the cuff here, but there were a lot of cases of people dying suddenly in their sleep. I think it was in Thailand or Taiwan, which also led to the um, inspiration for Freddy Krueger as well. But yeah, I know when I, before I knew what the hat man was, when I used to have sleep paralysis really bad, like back in probably 2008, 2009, when I saw the supposed hat man entity, uh, I say in air quotes, I was in, in a, uh, I was in a hotel in Omaha, Nebraska. And I remember I rolled over and then kind of fell asleep and woke up staring at the doorway of the hotel. And I saw a shadowy figure that looked like it had a big, long brimmed hat, kind of like the Quaker Oatman, but it was built out of like TV static and like buzzing insects and stuff like that. So I saw it before I even knew about the hat man phenomenon. So I don't know. It could be a shared hallucination, but, um, this article also talks about seeing uh, hallucinations of insects. And Preston, you and I have both seen those spectral spiders before. Um, we're no strangers to sleep paralysis at all. Scuddlers. Sucks. You know, hypnagogic rats. Yeah, scuddlers, yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird dogs coming Fucking out of walls. Hell, yeah, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrifying shit, but basically the hat man's supposed to be like the big bad voodoo daddy of all the shadow people and sometimes appears. In retrospect, like when it comes to like sleep paralysis, mm -hmm. when like it happens and I see like a, you know, a shadowy figure or a person, I am much more calm once I'm like, oh shit, it's sleep paralysis. That's why I can't move. And then I'm like, ooh, what am I going to see? Uh, I fucking hate when I have sleep paralysis and I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm looking up at the ceiling. I can't move my head. And there is a fucking astral mm -hmm. spider just wiggling its fucking, <laughs> you know, rainbow things and coming down on my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't move, please. Oh, my God, it's going to bite me. I'd much rather see a hat, man. I'd much rather, you know, I anything but the insects and the spiders. Like, fuck that, I'm out. My, yeah. My arachnophobia. Well, um, I don't dig it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I always used to joke that I have passive arachnophobia because I hate spiders, but I love watching them if they're far enough away and they're not on me or, you know, dangling down on a sparkly spider web in my face when I'm fucking frozen in my bed. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, back to Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers recently revealed he's also been followed by a mysterious figure known as the Shadow Man. Ever since, <clears throat> man, puberty, ever since the quarterback consumed the psychedelic drink ayahuasca on a couple trips to Peru during 2020 and 2022 during the offseason. Well, earlier this month, Rogers revealed at a press conference that he has partaken in ayahuasca in Peru twice now, and it was having an effect on his relationships, both his personal life and his football life. But these effects were positive. 
Aaron Rodgers has never been known for a loving and forgiving person on or off the field, but after a strip, he said he's now a changed man. I love myself. I like to love myself. I like to give myself touchdown passes. Anyways, I love myself a lot better, so it's easier to love other people and give them forgiveness and not jump on somebody's ass if they make a mistake. Is touchdown pass the euphemism I think it is? Yes. <laughs> Got a flashlight inside a football. He's going to he's gonna pull the long stroke. <laughs> his admission that his three nights of journey were under the influence of psychoactive substances while being monitored by an experienced guide, which was good news for his family and somewhat good news for his teammates who have endured his wrath and which caused a panic among his team for a while now. But the bigger panic spurred when officials were concerned that he violated league drug policies. Both the league and the NFL Players Association have informed the PFT that ayahuasca counts as neither a prohibited compound under the substance abuse policy nor a performance-enhancing drug. The primary psychoactive ingredient, NN-dimethylotryptamine, DMT for short, is a Schedule One drug under federal law. Thus, him doing the ayahuasca does not break any NFL laws. Anyway, about the hat man. Aaron said that he'll sometimes appear in the distance, usually veiled by darkness, holding either the corpse of a dead rabbit and sometimes a blade. One especially terrifying experience had occurred once when he was alone. He said lights started flickering and turning off one by one, causing him to run to his car in a panic. And this is from a quarterback here, the article says, that doesn't seem to run when a 300-pound lineman comes bearing down towards him. So what is it about the hat man that scares a four-time NFL MVP so much? It was behind me. Not even breathing hard, man. I heard his feet hitting the ground in a constant rhythm. Tip-tap, tippity-tap, tippity-tip-tip-tap. <laughs> so I ran to my car, opened the door, slammed it behind me, and locked it as fast as I could. So Rogers now claims that after his encounters with the hat man, he's actually scared to be in the locker room alone, a fear of his that his teammates attest to. When I sat and thought about the hat man, the thing that came to my mind was Freddy Frucking Cougar. You know, that film, A Nightmare on Elm Street. This notion that you could be attacked when you're asleep, that's when you're vulnerable. And of course, Kruger wears a hat. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So I don't know, dude. This guy sounds pretty fucking gnarly, actually. Like, he'd just be a bro I'd want to chill with. But before I ask you, Preston, if I've changed your opinion, let's get one more article. This okay. is from SportingNews.com, the article being written on February 23rd, so just a few days ago. The Packers are facing some key questions that they must answer during the 2023 NFL offseason, but they can't answer any of them until they know about the future of Aaron Rodgers. So Rodgers, now 39 years old, is contemplating whether he wants to continue with his NFL career or retire. God knows I would love to retire next year when I turn 39. If he does want to keep playing, Green Bay will have to choose between Rodgers and Jordan Love as its top quarterback, so each party needs to prepare for either possibility. That being said, though, the Packers won't be able to make a decision about Rodgers until after the veteran quarterback does something he's been hoping to do for a long time. 
he's about to go on what's called a darkness retreat. Now, Preston, you and I have a small skosh of experience with darkness retreats in the form of the sensory deprivation tanks here at Tank House Float and the other place you went to. Well, Rogers says he'll be spending time in an isolated room for several days. The room will be pitch black, which is he's hoping will induce a sensory deprivation. Naturally, NFL fans are immensely curious about what exactly isolation retreats entail. Thankfully, Rogers walked many of his fans through it before he went off to have a life-changing experience. So here's what we know about this supposed darkness retreat where he's going to enter total isolation. Rogers' darkness retreat is exactly what it sounds like. He's going to be spending several days in complete darkness in an attempt to have, to have some kind of profound experience. What exactly does the experience entail? Well, he'll be alone in a room for a very long duration of time in total darkness. He will be provided with a toilet, a bathtub, which are both located in the middle of the room. He'll also be provided with food from those running the retreat. It will arrive once a day via a two-way slot in the door. The experience will also involve a lot of sleep, and he will be stone-cold sober for the entire duration of the event. He also says that he was not required to stay for the entirety of the event. He could leave at any time he wants. He's not being locked in. And if he has any sort of issue with the introspective journey, he would be able to call an audible and leave the room. If it's too much, then I'll just walk out. The door's unlocked. You can leave whenever you want to leave. Well, apparently Roger stuck it out for multiple days on end. And according to the February 23 ESPN.com story, the quarterback completed his stay at the Sky Cave Retreat near Ashland, Oregon, the day before. While no specific details of Rogers' stay have been, uh, have been released, the facility owner, Scott Berman, offered ESPN a brief description of the 300-foot square room the quarterback called home for just a few days. So the room that he did this deprivation experiment in is a partially underground structure devoid of all light. There's a queen-size bed, a bathroom, and a meditation mat on the floor. It does feature lights that can also be turned inside just in case of an emergency. So I think that sounds like a lot of fun. It basically sounds like you're just going to be sitting there in isolation, meditating, you know, just dealing with your own thoughts. The same thing you do in a uh, deprivation tank. And the idea is that you can meditate and sleep so much in total darkness, it should stimulate some kind of DMT trip, which will give you, you know, the visions and hallucinations that you and I chase after and anybody else that goes to a uh, sensory deprivation tank for that very reason. And it's also nice because you can turn your phone off and get away from social media and not have to deal with any of that other crap either. So, Preston, after all of that, is Aaron Rodgers now your best friend, your pro-bro paranormal pal? Fuck no. <clears throat> but <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers is listening and he would like to come on the show... I am more than willing to have a paranormal conversation, and uh, but that's only if he wears Kansas City Chiefs uh, gear, like a hat, and, uh, you know, like, I love Pat Mahomes. If Aaron Rodgers did that, like, all means, dude, come on the show, oh, bro. God. You're my new best friend. I love you. So, if you're not willing to do that, Aaron Rodgers, uh, fucking keep your aliens to yourself, okay? Oh, damn. I, however, would love to hang out with Aaron Rodgers and talk about all sorts of conspiracies. Did we land on the moon? Is it made of cheese? Who really knows? 
Well, presto, buddy, again, we're going to get to the superstitions, but first, I want to drop a story on the listeners and um, a big chunk of the story on you. So I myself actually had a recent sleep paralysis story that hit back on this recent Saturday, the 25th, I think it was. So Shayla and I kind of went out for an afternoon and ran some errands and stuff like that. We got back home and I decided that I'd take a little nap on the couch while she soaked in the bathtub and did some studying for school. So... I lay there on my back and I'm trying to fall asleep and I'm notorious for snoring when I'm laying on my back. And so from the bathroom, Shayla hollers out that I'm snoring and I need to roll over. So in a bit of a temper tantrum, I rolled over because, you know, I'm just trying to fall back asleep and I roll over and do just that, fall back asleep. And then I woke up because I heard Shayla call my name and I'm thinking, okay, cool. I've been asleep now for probably an hour, hour and a half. It's time to get up, make dinner, whatever. And this is all around like five, six o'clock PM. So Sun's still out. It's kind of coming down, but you know, the house is kind of in a liminal state where it's not completely dark and not completely light. Well, I'm laying there on my side and I wake up because she calls my name and I think, okay, it's time to get up. And as soon as I do that, frozen, laying on my right side, just staring off into the living room. And I've got my contacts in so I can see pretty well, you know, crystal clear. I started hearing all these weird noises, like laughing and kind of whispering. And I hear it say, uh, kind of in, you know, ba- hold on real quick. Back when I was talking about how I used to lay there and try to do my own, you know, sensor deprivation tank in the bathtub. And I'd kind of do some meditation in my car on lunch breaks. I used to like get to this weird place. And I told you about how like I heard voices saying like, oh, you almost found it. You almost got there. Do you see the purple door? Stuff like that. Well, I started hearing those voices again, mixed with weird like murmuring and whispering and laughing. And I heard the voice and it says, look, there he goes. He's trying. Ooh, he's really trying. And then there's all these whispering voices, like little monster voices, all chattering. And then they were kind of going on about how I was stuck. And this one nasty, like growling voice goes, stuck in this time. You're not going to get out of it. And I start hearing this other voice, and it sounds like a monster truck rally radio announcer, you know, like, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. But I hear him just be like, your ass is ours now, buddy. This is it. You're really fucked this time, folks. And just going on and on, just, you know, like, just antagonizing me, making fun of me and all this kind of crazy shit. Then I hear what sounds like radio static and like... I don't know, like a trash truck fucking a garbage disposal and this weird robot voice like somebody's working at like some crappy drive through that kind of says, no, you belong to us. We call the shots. And then I see a figure come in to the living room and Shayla had come in earlier and put a blanket over me uh, when I was still kind of in and out of sleep. So I'm thinking it's her coming back in from the bathtub. And then I realize this figure is a little taller than Shayla is, and it has no discernible features. It looks like basically a naked mannequin, kind of like just saunters into the living room. And I'm thinking like, ooh, what's, what's this? What's going on here now? And then it takes a blanket and fucking smothers my face with another blanket. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> like trying to breathe. And then it pulls the blanket off my face. And now I'm in like 100 mile an hour, like panic mode. Like what the fuck is going on? And, you know, I'm trying to say anything, just like make a peep or like a grunt or a groan. Because normally if I can make a sound, I kind of snap out of it. 
Not shit. Nothing. Nothing at all happens. Not a peep, not a whimper, nothing. And I'm looking in my hands in front of my face, you know, on the pillow. And I start thinking, okay, you've been here before. Just wiggle your finger. You just got to wiggle your finger just a little bit. And if you can just make one little wiggle, then the rest of your body wakes up. And then I hear this fucking voice again. Oh, oh, there he goes again. Okay. Just try to move your finger. Yeah. Just move your finger. You can move your finger, right? And so like I wiggle my finger a little bit. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm wiggling my finger. I'm going to wake up. And I wiggle it around a little boy, <laughs> a little bit. And then the fucking robot, fucking a trash compactor says, fuck you. That was us. Watch this. And my finger fucking turns into a snake, like a flesh colored snake. And it's wiggling towards my face. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Then the mannequin lady kind of saunters back into the uh, living room and she kind of bends over and she puts her face in my face. And as soon as she does that, boom, now she's a big old angry Medusa with snakes for hair. And I'm just like, what in the fucking fuck is going on? And then the robot voice again says, just give in and let it happen. This is the end. Just let us take it from here. And then as soon as he says that, like adrenaline kicks in and I set up like the fucking undertaker, boom, just, you know, all the way up, breathing hard. <sighs> Had no idea what the fuck just happened, but I text you and Steven like right after it happened. And I was pretty rattled for like a couple hours after that. But what's interesting is like the argument has always been made about sleep paralysis. Is it really that you're being visited by entities? Are you and I really seeing, you know, sparkly astral spiders? Or are you stuck in that kind of um, hypnagogic state where like your brain's still asleep, but your eyes are open and you're kind of halfway, you know, in these liminal areas? Well, I kind of had an epiphany later that night. So Shayla and I went out, like I said, and we went kind of walking around and saw some pretty cool stuff. And I think what happened is my brain was trying to like defrag and all the weird stuff that's bouncing around in my subconscious. I think it basically was like leaking out in this weird like sub dreamland place. Here's what I'm thinking that I was thinking that caused me to have all these weird hallucinations. So first of all, the monster truck voice. Yeah, you're really fucked now, folks. Blah, blah, blah. A couple days before that, my brother came to see me at work. And he had bought uh, my nephew, Gavin, a little monster truck that was the Bigfoot truck. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's fucking cool. And also I've been watching a lot of old retro, like, I don't want to say retro, but like old, like 90s and 80s wrestling matches, which of course the announcers sound like fucking monster truck rally announcers. So I think that's where the voice came from. Now, Shayla and I were also at a really cool shop here in town called like Sweet and Saucy. And in the back of the store, they have tons of really badass socks. And I happened to take a gander at a couple uh, WWF socks, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, shit like that. Then I also peeped over and saw some Gremlin socks. And I'm a big fan of Gremlins, so I think Gremlins is on my mind. And maybe that's where the little like was coming from. Who knows? Now, Preston, the Medusa, if you would, sir, can you post a picture number three for me real quick? <laughs> Let me know what it's up. <laughs> there you go, buddy. There you go. All right, so somebody shared this meme with me a couple days ago, and it's my fucking favorite thing in the world right now. It is a big old beefy statue of Perseus and some admittedly large booty cake. I mean, those fucking cheeks are the size of fucking basketballs. And the caption says, ain't no way in hell Perseus snuck up on Medusa with them things clapping. 
And he's got some thick old thighs and a big old booty. So this fucking meme has been on my mind for so long. I fucking hate memes, but this one really just took the cake, pun intended. So I think, I think that's where the Medusa thing came from. Only part I can't put my finger on is the weird like robot drive through voice. Can't figure out where that came from. But what do you think, man? Do you think sleep paralysis could be something that comes from like your brain kind of defragging? Or do you think it really is kind of like a interdimensional visitation or maybe a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think that uh, whatever, you know, is um, going on, like whatever entity is controlling the situation can probably pull from your subconscious. Ooh, Okay you know, fuck with you with whatever way, right? Because it's, uh, you know, our mm-hmm. buddy Captain Scott always says we're in a simulation, right? And it's kind of one of those things where if it <laughs> pulls from your brain, mm-hmm. pulls from your brain like shit that you've been doing all week, you're, you're, you're always going to question like, is it real, is it not real? Um, and it's always going to keep uh-huh. you on edge right there. Like, is it a simulation? Is it not a simulation? Like, what's going on? Did I, did I break the matrix? Am I right, still in right. the matrix, right? Uh, so I, I think, you know, one, it's a real interaction with something, like an entity, a demon, whatever. But I think it's pulling from you stuff okay. that makes you question, like, did it happen? Did it not happen? Because now fucking science boy over here is like, well, here's the thing. You know, my brother came in and saw me in the store and bought a son and, you know, Bigfoot monster truck, and I've been watching all these <laughs> movies, and they're like, hey, hey, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And then, you know, then I, I kept looking at Perseus's big-ass booty cheeks, and I think that's why I saw what I saw. <laughs> no, dude, it was fucking with you. It was fucking with you. Hey, it tried to choke you out, you know? It was just like, fuck this guy. Yeah, it tried to snuff me, dude. Yeah. yeah. So that is, that is fucking wild, man. Okay. Well, I mean, so if you want to kind of put your tinfoil hat on, the idea of alien abductions, of course, you have little grays that show up. And the idea is that sometimes during abductions, you know, for instance, not saying that's at all what happened. I'm just saying, for instance, you know, um, aliens will present themselves in a way that you can kind of put your finger on. It doesn't feel so scary. Just like that episode of uh, X-Files where... You know, the little gray alien was in the KKK and he had accidentally disguised himself as a black man. And so then later, uh, when Mulder is going to investigate or whoever it was, the alien walks over and he's a gray and whoever it was is having a hard time dealing with it. So the gray turns itself into like a sauntery little blonde chick that sits on his lap. And he's like, hey, is this better? Um, Maybe it's kind of like an inverse of that where during the sleep paralysis, whatever it is, the entity dialing in pulls from your subconscious, like you says... Like you says, like you say, and uh, kind of plays off of that. Like, oh, you like fucking monster trucks, little boy? Well, your fucking asses are Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You're fucked. I don't know. I like that. That's a pretty good idea. I think you're onto something there, maybe. Yeah. Well, anyway, we didn't come here to talk only about football and Aaron Rodgers and sleep paralysis. So let's get on to the real topic of tonight's show. Now, obviously, guys, we're almost an hour in already. So. We're going to have to do a two-parter, and that's okay. Um, So we asked y'all to tell us, what are your superstitions? And as per usual, we got a lot of really great responses here. And what got me into this, first of all, is today is February 28th, which means tomorrow is March. And what happens in March, presto? St. Patty's. St. Patty's Day. Yeah. I'm in a... 
I'm in a real like like little wee folk kind of mood, dude. Leprechauns and stuff like that. Who knows? Dare I say, uh, Thieves in the Night Part Five may make an appearance. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds. Oh, they're trying to steal me Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah, and my kids. Follow me over the rainbow. <laughs> That's a perfect yeah. Irish accent. I like it. Don't touch me, pot of gold, you wee fuckers. <laughs> Is this Mario pretending to be a leprechaun? Yeah. It's a me, it's a Mario. I'm awesome. over the rainbow. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, anyway, I thought we'd shift gears from, you know, what we've been talking about lately to kind of get back into that, you know, springtimey leprechauns and wee folks and stuff like that stories. So I wanted to kind of start that whole thing by kicking off episodes about superstition. So we asked everybody some of their, you know, superstitions they practice, you shared with us. So now we're going to kind of talk about those. Now, Next episode, we're going to do a little deeper dive into superstitions, the stories behind them, the myths, the inspirations, so on and so forth. But first of all, Preston, you know, sharing is caring. And if we're going to have these people bear their souls to us, I got to ask you first, do you practice any superstitions? I didn't used to, but now that I'm a married man, mm-hmm. my wife is always constantly <laughs> yelling at me about like certain things um, because, you know, her mom uh-huh. growing up was Wiccan and so... For whatever reason, like, you can't put a hat on a bed. Like, that's a sign of death. Like, you're inviting death or somebody's dying, mm-hmm. and so it's bad luck mm-hmm. to throw your hat on a bed. Dude, I get fucking, like, home from being out, and I go into the bedroom. The first thing I do is, like, I chunk the hat off my head. If it lays on the bed, lays on the bed. I don't give a fuck. But apparently, I'm invoking mm-hmm. death, and so I've been yelled at a couple times or two. And uh, so now I'm like, oh, yeah, hats don't go on the bed. <clears throat> Now, if you're uh, oh, interesting. redecorating your house and you have mirrors that you're hanging up on the wall, do not put them in front of doorways. Um, that's the other thing. The wife, had, she made me move a mirror one time that I, I bought her like this little mirror for the bedroom that had like an owl ingrained on the wood. And we had it to where like the reflection in the mirror was of the doorway. And so at night, if you leave the door open, like spirits can come in Ooh, through the mirror yeah. or be reflected uh-huh. in the mirror and trapped in the mirror. So you're not, you're not allowed to, yeah. you're not allowed to do that. Uh, so, um, I, you know, you, oh, cool. Yeah. you gotta be careful where you put them mirrors. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I'm going to kind of get into in the next episode. I, I did a little bit of reading on mirrors and kind of the inspiration and history behind that. And that's really interesting um, about the mirror. And the hat thing is cool, too. So I'll kind of go into a little bit of the hat thing real quick. Because when I was younger, I read a book about superstitions. And the chapter that stuck out the most was um, death. Of course, because why not? You know, ghosts and cemeteries and shit like that. And there was a little bit about hats and how, like you said, they invoke or invite death. And I remember the one that stuck out to me the most was if you're ever walking down a street or in a public place and you find a hat like laying in the middle of the road or laying on a bench somewhere or on a chair and it has a stick laying across any part of it. So like a twig or a branch like across the top of it or just the brim, you're supposed to leave it alone because if you take the stick off and lift the hat up, you're letting out the spirit of death. So that's kind of interesting that Jeffrey kind of had that belief as well, because, yeah, there's there's something to it. There's some truth to that, you know, in uh, eons and eons of superstition. And this goes clear back to like 
16th, 17th century yeah. kind of shit when people wearing hats like uh, Robin Hood. So now, if uh, you go, I dig that. I'll get into more of that next time. If you go down south, uh, especially like Louisiana and you know, uh, like New Orleans, uh, you'll see a lot of spirit trees. Mm-hmm. And so they'll make. Uh, like mm-hmm, rebarb mm-hmm. trees, and then they'll put like green and blue glass bottles um, over the branches that they made, and that is to uh, trap spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you live in an area that's you know highly uh, haunted, uh, one thing you can do to trap those evil spirits is to put out a spirit tree. Uh, so I've always found that mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. That one I I, I dig. And um, then uh, you have the ugly jugs as a uh, artist and a ceramicist. Uh, the idea that uh, you can trap an evil spirit. So the the ugly jugs have kind of like three different purposes. One, you can trap a spirit inside of the ugly jug, and you make it look demonic. It's uh, you know black clay, and then um, African slaves would take uh, white porcelain chunks and fit them in for the eyeballs and the teeth. And you would know oh, wow. that, uh, hey, like, don't pop the cork on this because it's evil looking. So there's probably something bad in it. And then it also served the purpose that if you were on a plantation and there was something that you shouldn't drink, like arsenic or some type of chemical, you would actually put that chemical in an ugly jug because you knew that people would stay away from it to not open it. And then third, they <laughs> actually served as tombstones uh, for African slaves because a lot of them, you know, wouldn't have money uh, to have an actual, like, tombstone like everybody else. Um, and, you know, your wooden crosses mm-hmm. wouldn't survive. And so as a sign of respect, they would actually, wherever the person was buried, they would actually use ugly jugs because also it would the bad spirits would be like, fuck it, that thing's ugly. I'm not going near it. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So we would keep the departed safe from you know evil spirits by placing an ugly jug over their, mm-hmm. their grave. Uh, the idea that when you sneeze, um, your soul might escape. And so you're supposed to say, bless you. Yep. Fuck that. I never say bless you. I might say excuse, you know, like whatever. <laughs> but if you sneeze in front of me, I ain't fucking saying God bless or nothing. Like that's that is fucking dumb. If you're like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, your soul just almost left your body. God bless. Bless you. Or is it is it back in? <laughs> I can't tell. Like, get out of here. I hate that one. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a rude bastard. I'm not saying shit. If you sneeze, you're on your own. <laughs> When I worked at Pizza Hut back in high school and part of college, uh, it was a long-running joke between me and a couple of my buddies that anytime somebody sneezed, you would just yell, go to hell. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really fun when you, uh, you'd hear somebody sneeze and you'd say, go to hell. And you always had to do it in a weird voice, too, because what happened was it was always kind of weird when someone sneezed and you found out it wasn't your buddy. And, you know, some old lady sneezes in the dining room and you just hear someone say, go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, sometimes I break that one out once in a while. Well, um, so I asked Shayla and she said the biggest one that she really does. She doesn't do a lot, but the biggest one is, of course, anytime you see a shooting star, you make a wish. And I think that's just terrific, you know, true uh, romantic at heart. So I've been known to make a wish or two when I see a shooting star. But I, I tried to think about, like, what's one that I do? you know, that's kind of, you know, maybe strange or cockamamie. And of course you had the old knock on wood, which I'll delve into more next episode. But the thing I do, which it's not really, to my knowledge, like a widespread superstition, but anytime, anytime I'm driving and I pass or go over roadkill or see a dead animal on the side of the road, 
I always look in my rearview mirror at it because for some reason in my head, ever since I could drive, I thought if I looked in the rearview mirror and acknowledged the animal that I drove past, that it would help it get over the rainbow bridge. Oh, so even today as a 38 year old, if I drive past like a dog or a cat or a possum, I will always look in either the side view or the uh, rear view just to acknowledge, you know, the, the passing of the animal. So, well, we asked y'all and you delivered, boy, oh boy, did you deliver. So we're going to share with you guys your own comments. And, um, I, I think I'll do first names. I won't do last names, you know, to have some anonymity here because, uh, some of the stuff's really interesting. It kind of bears a bit of your soul to a degree. And uh, I don't want anyone to get embarrassed, but I do want to thank everyone for commenting and saying the things they did. And another reason why we have to break this into two episodes. It's not completely Aaron Rodgers' fault, people. Another reason is there's a lot to unpack in some of these. And so I wanted to do due diligence and actually do a decent amount of more research into this to kind of talk about a few of the subject matters that come up. So we'll talk about it more in depth next time. But without further ado, um, Preston, I've got all these. So, you know, you just want to weigh in, give me some some commentary here. Um, Ashley says, when I go under railroad tracks and a train is going at the same time, so going over, I cross my fingers and touch the windshield. Um, Ashley is my cousin, one of my many cousins, and she said this is something that our grandma told her to do to have good luck. Anything about railroad tracks for you, buddy? You do anything special? Uh, no. I mean, I look both ways before I go across them. My, uh, my mom, when she was a little girl, um, she was back, fell asleep back in the old 50s Buick with my grandmother and great-grandmother. Great-grandma <clears throat> was uh-huh. blind in one eye and fucking couldn't hear shit. And uh, my grandmother was asleep in the Jesus. front seat, and great grandma went across the uh-huh. railroad tracks and wasn't paying attention, and the fucking car got just smothered by a train. And luckily, nobody died. Oh wow! So, but every mom ever since then, like you know, like we'll every you know never blow through a railroad track, even if the the things aren't down, the lights aren't on. I will always stop at a railroad track, mm-hmm. like fuck the people behind me. And I look both ways and be like, cool, I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Keep on trucking. Keep on that's trucking. Really sm- that's, really s- <laughs> um, that's really smart, man. Um, back when I was in high school, my memory's kind of fuzzy now. I was either taking home my cousin Jared or my sister-in-law, and we were driving down, um, oh, shit, it would have been um, Main Street in El Dorado, um, going southbound and there was a train track that crossed, um, third street in Maine and it always had the gates come down. Ding, 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 train coming. And this one day, um, there's no ding, ding, ding. There's no flashing lights. There's no arm that comes down. So I just blast through it going, you know, 35 miles an hour. And no sooner than did my bumper go over the back part of the train or, you know, the train tracks, a train came flying by full speed fast mm. enough that the fucking car like fishtailed because of the amount of air that fucking passed by us. Yeah. Um, again, no gate, no flashing lights, no nothing. And it was terrifying. And I almost shit my pants. Almost. Almost, but not quite. Uh, Dylan chimed in and he says none. <laughs> not a superstitious person. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool, man. It's funny. He commented and I saw him in Target <laughs> like later on. Um, Hanson says he wears a personal talisman every day, kind of a good luck charm, which I can kind of, you know, comment on that as well. So when we went and did the Tough Mudder for the first time, um, I forget 
whose wife it was. Was it Tim's wife? No, it was Tim's mom. Tim's mom, yeah. yeah. Tim's mom gave us all, who were running the Tough Mudder, um, a St. Sebastian talisman to put on our shoe. He, was, of course, was a patron saint of... Uh, that's a dog tag, dum dum. I know. I'm just I'm getting it ready to show you because I do. I this is my talisman that I wear. You okay. F- <laughs> fucking. I. <laughs> idiot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I instantly regretted what I yeah. said because I realized what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an asshole. That's okay. Oh. Um, I I still have my Saint Sebastian. I wore it to every single um Tough Mudder Warrior Dash um. Rugged Maniac, everything. I wore it to everything I did until the little loop broke off of it. And so now if I go do anything too risky, I normally put it in my pocket at least. I'll wear a pair of gym shorts that has like one of those tiny little like uh, car key pockets that like zip up and I'll stick it in there. So that's one thing that I do as well. And when we did the uh, Museum of Shadows and did the Demon Sit Room Challenge, I took that along with the cross my parents gave me in eighth grade and I had it in my pocket because that shit was fucking scary and I'm glad I did it. Now, Preston, um, I'm a dick. Yeah. Tell us about what you wear every day and don't hit me next time you uh, see me. Yeah. So when uh, you know, Dad was uh, drafted to Vietnam and he was in a boot camp and um, yeah. he forgot to wear his dog tags. I mean, he was in basic training. Like, what the fuck ever? Who cares? And the, yeah, the yeah, drill yeah. sergeant, like, off of... Uh, uh, full metal jacket. I was like, "You're fucking dead. You're fucking piece of shit. I'll fucking put my foot f- so far up your fucking ass." And so, Dad had to mm-hmm. burn the latrines and peel potatoes for like three weeks. Oh uh, damn! Got the wind knocked out of him because the drill sergeant gave him one to the gut and called him dog shit and told him to pick himself up mm. and never to forget his goddamn dog tag ever again. So then, after Vietnam, uh, Dad put the dog tag on his keychain and carried it with him every day. And so, you know, night from 1968 up until 2021, dad always had his dog tag on him. And after he passed, it didn't feel right yeah, yeah. not to continue that tradition. So um, I went and put it on a keychain and every day, uh, I don't even take this fucking thing on. It stays on me permanently. It's a permanent part of my uh, body. I don't ever take it off and uh, have it on me every day, and that is my good luck talisman. Um, Carry it for dad's honor, and, uh, you know, there you go. So... That's that's awesome. Number one, again, I'm a dick. As soon as you pull it out, I knew what it was, but my mouth wouldn't stop. Um, it's cool though that you brought a talisman from your dad because I've got this thing. Um, I don't know how well it's going to look in the light here. Let me see if I can hold it up. This is a Buddha that my dad gave to me, and my dad got this when he was in Vietnam. Um, he was stationed over in Thailand, and what it is is it is a talisman that was made from a rice paste that was ground down and then pressed into the mold and then they pull it out and let it cure and then it was put inside of this cool little like you know gold and yellow holder and it had a little piece of um like plexiglass or plastic over the top of it and through the years um after he gave it to me well he gave it to me first sorry he gave it to me but the plastic had come off so i couldn't wear it and he was kind of bummed out because the plastic broke and then, you know, the elements can get to the rice and cause it to go nasty. So when I was in jewelry class at Butler in community college, um, I had Roger help me out. He was the uh, professor 
and old uh, Roger Matthews, and he helped me fix a brand new piece of plexiglass and stick it to the front. So now it is protected, but I would be too scared to wear it now. I don't yeah. fucking break it the first day I wore it. But that's cool, man. Matching dad Vietnam talismans. Oh. No. Now you tell me that mine's not St. Sebastian and I'm a dum-dum too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our old buddy Rob, of course, says, uh, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kirsten, one of my college professors, says, you're supposed to hold your breath as you drive past a graveyard. But my brother went really slow past the, past the Indianapolis largest graveyard after watching Night of the Living Dead when I was a teenager. And so she quit after that. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, I've always done that too, man. Part of that book I was telling you about with the uh, the information about the hat. I keep going behind my mic and I'm all shadowy and mysterious. I am the hat man. Um I, I do that too. I read in that book that if you pass a graveyard, whether walking or driving, you're supposed to hold your breath the entire time. And you're also not supposed to yawn in or around a graveyard because that would invite a spirit into your body. Mm. Now, speaking of Aaron Rodgers here, Tim commented, mostly sport things. Don't get crazy, but sometimes if I'm watching a sports game in a certain room and we're doing well... If I go into another room and the team starts losing, I try to go right back to the original place I was watching, if that's possible. I don't do it often, but, but when I don't do it, I always tell myself I should have stayed there. <laughs> this also applies to other people, and we talk about it. If they wanted to come over and the team starts losing, they should have stayed where they were. That's fucking awesome. Tyson says, I used to be more so when related to sports, um, not moving or getting up from my seat if the team was winning and I wasn't watching, but I turned uh, I turned the game on, etc. But not so much anymore. And then he says, um, also probably not walking under ladders or knocking on wood, but mostly just out of habit. And that's true. A lot of this stuff's habit as well. Um, Amy says, when I hear a knock on the door, I won't open it to check unless I see a physical person outside just to make sure I don't let unwanted spirits into my house. And um, Amy is another one of my cousins. We share a lot of the same kind of thoughts on that kind of stuff. And I would say, yeah, ditto, girl. Jeremy says, I try not to talk about things if they're going well. I don't want to jinx things, LOL. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a big one, too, that I've heard. Um, our friend Patty says, when I'm in a car with others or by myself and I see cows, I announce that there are cows. I don't know if it prevents anything, but at this point, I'm too afraid to find out, which is awesome. And Shayla, I said, also always announces cows when we see them, but she calls them cowls. So anytime we drive past cows, she just says cowls and also deer. And Shayla commented, she does it for deer, but it's more fun because Sean can't see them. What the fuck ain't you womp, see deer? Womp, womp. Yeah. Are you deer blindness with your color blindness? I'm... I'm colorblind, dum dum. They uh, they blend in with fucking trees. Look, a colorblind guy who can't see a lot of green looks at a fucking deer who's brown, and all the trees are brown. I don't see jack shit unless their you know backsides are turned to me, and I can see the little white tails. I mean, I guess that's true too. But whenever I see a yeah. deer, I always see him like fucking, you know, galloping across the road, and I'm like, oh god, it's a deer! No, just stop right there. I always see him fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Preston has the weirdest superpower. He can see deer, but only when they're copulating. And also, like... Yeah, I can see deer, of course. Yeah. When they run across S- the Since we live out in the country now, <laughs> like, there have been times, like, in the uh, spring and even, like, early summer uh, where I'm outside late at night and I'm sitting there, like, with a telescope. Because I have, like, this spot out in the south corner of the property where I get a really good view of the night sky. Mm-hmm. So I'm out there fucking just like going to pound town on beer with my telescope, like, oh, I can see it. I can see the universe. And then I'll look up and then all of a sudden out of the evergreens, like these fucking like pack of deer will just come through the property and stop and look uh-huh. at me. And I'm like, listen, I don't need to be, you know, stampeded at this point. Like you guys carry on being deer. Just get the fuck, get the fuck away from me. Because some of those bucks look like they want to fuck right, me up. Right. And I'm just like, I, look. I'm just trying to enjoy the universe and Mother Nature. I mean, I can go get my shotgun if you want me to. Give me a second. I'll load some buckshot. We'll go to town. Uh, Otherwise, scattle, you know, yep. skedaddle. Get out of here. Fucking deer. You're out there half drunk with your telescope, and all of a sudden, this deer comes out of the <laughs> out of the tree line, big old horns, and he looks at you and says, my name's Buck, and yeah. I came here to fuck. Yeah. Wah, wah. Zoinks. Wah. <laughs> You've seen those videos years, you know, years before GIFs and GIFs were a thing where that uh, that hunter's trying to take a shit and he's running with his pants around his ankles and there's a deer hopping on his back feet with a big old boner. Yeah. Ah, nature. <laughs> Captain Scott says, used to be a light switcher and still catch myself tapping on shit. OCD is a bitch, which we will come around. Scott, you are one of the reasons why we have to do a double uh, episode on this is I want to dive more into the idea of OCD and superstition. Cause that's fucking fascinating. And I'm very, very, very happy. You said that Michelle says, and this one is one of my favorites. Um, I once rode my bike past a super squished and dried out possum on my way to work. I had a really great day. Assumed it was because the possum, so I began to leave offerings of some kind each day as I rode by so I wouldn't have a bad day. I don't remember if it worked. That's fucking awesome. I really like that. I think that's fantastic. And now I want to see, oh, what do you call those? Um, Not offerings. What do you call that? Um, A shrine. Mm -hmm. Is that the word shrine? Yeah, dude. When you leave, like, you open. That's another word for it, though, right? Like, uh, yeah, eh, fuck it, it's whatever. it's an offering. It's an shrines, offering but... shrine, is what they're called. So you like basically an altar. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, I want to see shrines and altars on the side of highways with deers that have been ran over and possums. But I'm not telling you to play in traffic. Please <laughs> use safety and look both ways. Marcus says only sports related things can't mess up the mojo. Jennifer says, I have a lucky scarf I travel with, but I don't get bent out of shape if I don't pack it. John says, lucky charms and trinkets. My neighbor says, I honk at the tree on K96. I like that too. You know, kind of a, uh, just a thing we do. Jessica says, my doormat says, nope. So I don't allow unwelcome energies. I don't sweep people's feet. Apparently, sweeping women's feet means they'll also get pregnant. Ooh, yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Headset Jones says, white lighters are bad luck. And pick your feet up when going over train tracks when you're in a car. 
Also, I do a lot of day-to-day -day stuff, but it's not superstitious per se, and more borderline OCD behavior. Again, headset, you are another reason why we are doing an extended uh, two-part episode, because I want to look more into that. And then BS Paranormal. I take a bite of food for football kickoffs to help my team win. It doesn't do anything, but sports rituals are excellent exemplars of superstitious behavior. Yes, they are. They very, very, very much are. So, anywho, um, we just want to thank everybody who commented and sent that in. That's kind of neat. I think to a degree, it's a little bit of a uh, bearing of one's soul. Um, any other weird ones you've heard of, Presto? Um, I'm trying to trying to. Oh, you know, like uh, what's that? Uh, step on a crack and break your mama's back. Yeah. Um, there, you know, <laughs> that one always reminds me of Devo. Yeah, and there's, um, you know, you got if you spill salt on a table, you got to pick it up and throw it over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, man, that's the only one I, the only ones I can really think of. Um, black cats crossing your path. Don't Blake. Uh, don't Blake. Don't break a mirror. That kind of stuff. Well, there's tons more that we're going to get into, and also some of the ones that you guys mentioned as well. We're going to dive a little deeper into. But I think on this episode, that's a great place to pause it. Mm -hmm. We'll pick up next week with a lot of fun stuff as well. Well, if you're on the social medias, please give us a follow on the Instagram at PXLParanormal. If you're on Facebook, please give us a follow. And uh, that's going to be the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Presto, talk to me about YouTube, buddy boy. Dude, up to 238. I don't know what I said last time. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's one more. <laughs> I think it was 238 as well. Oh, yeah. shit. No problem. Well, no problem. We're slowly getting there. So, look, if you're stumbling across this for the first time, dude, pay a fuck attention to the, the lime green splurt thing in the bottom corner. It says like and subscribe. It's not there for shits and giggles. <laughs> Literally, like, subscribe, share this shit to your friends. Thank you. And we appreciate all the growth that we've had. So, if you, you know, keep watching and you like what you see, Thank you. We appreciate it. But if you're one of those fucking sea urchins that just signs, you know, signs on and doesn't ever like or subscribe, fuck, go fuck yourself. Hit like and subscribe. Quit being a bottom feeder. <laughs> Wowee. Look at you go, buddy. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say thanks to everybody who jumps on and watches on the YouTubes, uh, whether we're live or whether it's after the fact. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a cool thing um, to do and a nice way to kind of look in there and see just how the pixelated sausage gets made. Uh, clearly in this episode, lots of uh, fuck-ups and flubs, but it's eh. a lot of fun anyway. Yeah. It's a great way to interact with everybody as well. I swear we'll get on a fucking schedule. I just think every time we try to say, hey guys, it's Sundays, everything comes up. Um, we were supposed to record last night. I was kind of stuck up in Sedgwick, which is about 30 minutes away from where I live. Um, we had dinner for my in-laws' birthday and uh, very, very slow service at this undisclosed restaurant. So that took a little time. Uh, Look, I'm going to flash up. I'm going to do something a little bit different than I normally do. So, uh -oh. yeah, Sean's going to have to get on his phone and get on YouTube to see this. So, look, need a beard, want a beard, want to grow a better beard. 
Maybe you do not want to look like a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers. This guy looks like the dollar store version of Nick Cage. <laughs> and do you want to know why? Because he fuck? did not do himself a favor and go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com <laughs> and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. That's right, Aaron. If you're listening, go over to Dobbs and pick yourself up some scents like Bay Rum, Fresh Citrus, Mint, Classic, Sweet Tobacco. Stop looking like you washed out Nick Cage. What you could do better. Yikes. Get it all. Get it at Dobbs. Uh, <laughs> all right, folks. <laughs> Oh, shit. If you're in the Wichita area, please stop by and see Leslie and the rest of the gang at CD Trade Post, Pawnee and Seneca. Um, I would like to just take a moment to say, I think Aaron Rodgers is a swell guy. <laughs> uh, I talk a, I talk a lot of shit, oh, awesome. but if I were to meet him in real life, I'd be like, we're mm-hmm. best buds. It's fine. You know. You'd pee your pants. Yeah. I like to go with sensory deprivation takes too, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't throw a pigskin, but oh, I could I could shoot down a UFO, brother. How about we go grab some beers and go out into the country with my <laughs> shotgun? Let's get ourselves one. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, with that, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I raise this glass of water because I think it would be really dumb to drink beer after a workout. And I say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us who'd love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.